Good evening. It's so great to see all of you on this beautiful Christmas Eve. I would like to invite our Advent readers up. Readings from Isaiah 9, 2 through 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This night, this night is a night to remember, a night when home broke in on us, a night when we were not forgotten or alone or abandoned. This night, this night is the night when here and there became one, when past and future combined in a breathless present. This is a night when we are home, in ourselves, in this family, in God who loved us enough to walk beside us. We gather in the night to proclaim the light. We shrug off despair and embrace hope. We set aside conflict and choose peace. We push away despair by claiming joy. We overcome hate by rising into love. Because this night we know, even in the shadows of our doubts, we know that we are loved. That's what it means to be home. We light these candles, hoping to become the light, hoping to radiate light by how we live. We light these candles to create a space called home in this place, in our place, in inner places. We light these candles to declare that unto you, us, this day, a Savior is born who is Christ the Lord, welcomed home by angels singing and shepherds kneeling, welcomed home by those like us who have worshiped for thousands of years, welcomed home again tonight, right here, right now, in us. It's time to be home.
Let's pray. Loving God, it's, it's been a busy time of year, but uh, during this time, we pray that you will calm our hearts, calm our minds, help us focus on you this beautiful Christmas Eve. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Will you join me as we stand together and sing? We're going to sing two of our favorite Christmas carols, Angels We Have Heard on High and O Little Town of Bethlehem. Let's stand together.
please be seated. I'd like to add my welcome to Pastor Andy's welcome for all of you who are with us tonight and for all you who are worshiping with us live stream. Merry Christmas to you. If you're worshiping live stream, say Merry Christmas in the comments and let us know that you're there. Maybe take a picture of your Christmas tree or something. But we're glad that you're here. And now as we approach our time for our offering, I want to just let you know a couple of different ways you can give. You can give as the plates come by. Of course, you always can do that. But you also can give online. You can give by using our app. If you haven't got our app, that's a great way to, to give that way. You can text to give, all kinds of things. And there are a number of options that you can, can give to. We have wonderful ministry here in downtown Gadsden where we've been going for, strong for 175 years. Uh, so your support helps us to be able to, to give ministry in the heart of the city in the name of Christ. We also will be receiving our white Christmas offering. Every year we take up an offering for the children's home. And if you are designating your gift for that, just make sure you put white Christmas offering on there. It goes to our children's home, which uh, provides help and hope for for children in Alabama that that don't have a home. And then finally, uh, it's our tradition. Uh, In a little bit, we'll be receiving Holy Communion. And it's our tradition to receive a communion offering. And just whatever God leads you to do, if you will lay that on the altar rail, just the communion offering goes for our local missions and our local benevolence fund. We get several calls a day of people just needing help with with whatever, and our communion offerings go directly to that, and every bit of it is used for that. Now, let us pray as we get ready to receive our tithes and offerings. God, thank you for the indescribable gift that is Christmas. Thank you, Lord, that as we gather together to worship on this holy night, that, that we have received, Lord, so much, so many blessings. What a, a joyous blessing it is just to be able to gather together. We don't take that for granted anymore. We also don't take for granted the ability to give our tithes and our offerings and our gifts to you. We just pray that you would take them and bless them and use them for your kingdom's greater glory. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
The stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Fall on your knees, O oh, hear the angel voices, O oh, night divine, O oh, night when Christ was born, O oh, night divine, O oh, night, O oh, holy night. So much, JT and Benny. Beautiful song. One of my favorite Christmas songs ever. I want to invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. The words will be up on the screen for you, and you may just know these words by heart. I bet you've heard them before. The Gospel according to Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20 tonight. 
In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went out to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the end. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing which has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in a manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I want to get you to help me sing a song tonight. Don't be scared. It'll be all right. You'll know this song, I promise. I'll sing the first part of it when I point to myself, and then when I point to you, let me see if everybody knows how to finish this line of this song. All right, you ready? You look ready, okay? And, and you, if you're watching live stream, you've got to sing it too, all right? Let's see who recognizes it. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Every single one of y'all knew that. I knew you would. I knew you would. And um, so I figure if we need to be warned, you know, watch out, don't pout, don't cry. If we need to be warned about Santa Claus coming to town, um, maybe we needed to be doubly warned about the one who's coming during the season of Advent, the one whose birthday we celebrate tomorrow. We need to be doubly warned about watching out for Christ, the Christ of Christmas, because we don't want to miss out. We don't want to see things from the wrong perspective and, and then look back and realize that we missed out on something this Christmas. We miss out on it sometimes, don't we? We miss out on it by, by focusing on the wrong things and by looking at it from the wrong angle. And I think what the Holy Spirit is saying to us this year is you better watch out. You better watch out because don't let this year go by. Don't let this year go by and really miss 
the true meaning of Christmas. We started by looking at the Christmas story from Luke chapter 2. I really, really love this version of the story. And maybe you heard it in a brand new way. Maybe you've heard it with new ears tonight, even if you've heard it a thousand times before. Maybe you can picture in your mind a, a young couple traveling 85 miles, 85 miles and nine months pregnant. You ladies who've had children before, imagine traveling 85 miles, nine months pregnant, not in a minivan or an SUV, but on foot or on donkey. Uh, can you imagine going to a, a place not because you're so happy that you get to get together with family, but because you're about to be taxed? And gathering together in a town that is so crowded that there's no really good place for you to stay. We see in verses 6 and 7 when they got there, it, got, it, it was time for the baby to be born. And there was, well, there was no room in the inn for them. I always wondered about the innkeeper, didn't you? And, and people have kind of made innkeeper out to be a bad guy. Like, how in the world could you not make room for, for Mary and Joseph with Mary about to have a baby? But... I sort of think the innkeeper probably did the best he could. And I can picture him thinking about what can I do. And maybe, maybe his wife was elbowing him and saying, honey, you've got to do something. She's about to have a baby. And then maybe he thought, you know what? Uh, there's some clean straw in the, in the stable. And, and you can use the manger for a, a cradle. And I know things are crowded, but we'll make room. You know, this is a crowded time of the year, isn't it? So we better watch out or Christmas might go by and there be no room for the true meaning of Christmas. So let's don't miss it. I know that there are a lot of things going on in your life. Everybody's busy with something. I know your calendar's full. Mine is too. But is it too full? Are we too busy? Will we make room for Christ in Christmas? I sure hope so. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have a garage? Just raise your hand if you've got a garage. If you don't have a garage, you have an outbuilding or something like that. We have a garage. It's a nice garage. Uh, there's supposed to be room for two cars in that garage. You know how many cars we get to park in that garage? Zero. And you know why? It's full of other stuff. And I almost said junk, but I, it's, it's stuff. And you know what I'm talking about. We have things. And I will, I will take my share of the responsibility because my wife is sitting back there. And she knows that I'm not going uh, to not tell the truth with her sitting back there. I, I, okay, I'll just confess. I could be a pack rat real easily uh, because, and part of it is, you know, it goes back to my grandmother who never threw away anything. So if I have something that maybe belonged to her, I can't throw it away. I might need it sometime. I remember one time I had this old pot and, and Tim said, what are you doing holding on to that old pot? I said, well, it's my grandmother. She said, it's dented and it's got a hole in it. It won't even work. And, and then so she, she threw it out and I went and I snuck and I got it back and I hid it in the garage. And I used it for years to, to, to uh, burn the palm leaves to make ashes for Ash Wednesday. And then it finally, I finally had to give up on it. But I didn't want to. I wanted to hold on, you know. And I don't just have stuff in the garage. I've got stuff in the attic. I've got stuff in closets. I've got a junk drawer. Do you have a junk drawer or two uh, at home? Yeah. 
But here's the thing about the garage is, the garage is supposed to be for parking cars, but it really can't fulfill its purpose when it's full of other stuff. And Christmas is supposed to be about Christ, but it can't be if it's too full of other stuff. If we don't make room for Christ and we don't intentionally celebrate the birth of God's only son, then it can come and it can go and we miss it. We better watch out also because we can let this Christmas go by without opening the gift of peace. Uh, we light the candle of peace as one of our Advent candles, but I think about the message of the angels, the message of the angels, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with whom God's favor rests, peace on earth. That sounds almost cliche, doesn't it? Peace on earth. It almost sounds like you're in a Miss America pageant and the host says, Miss Rhode Island, if you could have one thing, what would it be? And she says, peace on earth, right? But I don't mean it in a, in a cliche way or in a cheesy way. I mean real peace. I mean, I do pray for peace on earth. I know that there, there's conflict and I know there's fighting and I know that there's war. And I know that there are some times when it may be necessary to take up arms, but I don't want any family to have to look at an empty chair at a, at a dinner table at Christmas because they have a son or a daughter who's, who's having to fight and is in armed conflict, off fighting a war, or even worse because someone has been killed in armed conflict or a terrorist action. I do pray for peace, but I wish for more than just an absence of war. I wish for peace on the inside, inner peace. I know that sounds kind of mystical or, or whatever, but inner peace, because you run into people every day, and I run into people every day that are full of rage, not just anger, not just ticked off a little bit, but just rage. That, that don't have any inner peace and that have to use drugs and alcohol in order to, to numb that, that lack of peace in their life. I pray for inner peace for, for people who have jump from one bad relationship to another because they, they don't know what it's like to, to have love and respect. And I pray for inner peace for the workaholic who, who just gets on the treadmill of, of, of work, just work, 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 and it's become life, and they don't know how to get off that treadmill for inner peace for the ones that, that follow after every self-help trend that, that comes around and every new religion or cult or just to try to find some peace. The gift of peace. The gift of peace was the gift of Christmas, and that's what God intended when the angels announced it. Peace, not just absence of war, but peace inside. Reconcile us to God and to each other. Well, we better watch out or we'll miss it. And finally, we better watch out or Christmas will come and go and we'll miss the gift of wonder. The gift of wonder. And verses 18 and 19, it says, all who heard it were amazed amazed at what the shepherds told to them. And Mary treasured these things and pondered them in her heart. Will we let Christmas get by this year without the gift of wonder? There, there's nothing like our, our children to help us remember 
to have the gift of wonder. I, I don't know how many of y'all do this, but I remember when our kids were little, we always, always on Christmas Eve drove around looking at Christmas lights, partly because it's just fun to do. And, and I recommend it. We've got beautiful Christmas lights up on Nakalula and down, down by the campground, down by the river, down there you can go through and every, and just different neighborhoods, Christmas lights. Y'all ever take the kids around looking at Christmas lights? Another good reason to take the kids around looking at Christmas lights is you kind of get some of that adrenaline, Christmas Eve adrenaline maybe kind of settle down out of them, or you're supposed to, and sometimes it works to kind of unhype everything. But I remember one Christmas in particular, we were rushing around, and, and the kids were little, and we were crammed in the old green minivan, and I was driving, and we were looking at Christmas lights, and the kids were like, Oh, look, look at the lights. Oh, look, look. And I was kind of like, well, you know, uh, we got to be getting back home, you know, because I've got some stuff to do tonight. And, and it was just, it didn't even occur to me that I was missing the wonder and the awe of the season. And my kids were trying to help me see it. And I wasn't listening. I don't want to let that happen. I don't want to miss the wonder. Has anybody ever heard of a, of a person named Diane Disney Miller? Well, Disney should have given it away. She, she is the daughter, or was the daughter. She died a few years ago of Walt Disney. She was born in 1933. When she was four years old, her dad made uh, the first full-length animated film called Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. He didn't know how wildly successful it was going to be, despite the Great Depression, or maybe because of the Great Depression. And uh, the film went on to win eight Oscars and all that. And just made Walt Disney the most famous man in America. That's what it did. It made him the most famous man in America. But to Diane, he was just daddy, right? Daddy got up. Daddy went to work every day. Daddy came home every night. It wasn't until she started the first grade that she realized how famous her daddy was. She, she went on the first day of class in the first grade and the teacher was calling roll and the teacher said, Diane Disney, and she said, present, very shyly, you know, and the teacher said, wait, what, Disney? What, what, is, what is your dad's name, honey? And she said, Walter. And the, the teacher's eyes got big and she said, your dad is Walt Disney? And the kids went bonkers and they just started just mobbing her and said, your dad is Walt Disney, your dad is Walt Disney. And Diane went home that night just in tears. And when her dad got home, her dad was sitting in the chair reading the newspaper and Diane came up and pulled the paper down and she said, Daddy, why didn't you tell me you're Walt Disney? <laughs> so I, I, I get that, I, I hear that and I, I, I hear her saying in her story that for two or three days she went around and she was just dazed, right? Just at the wonder and the awe of who her father was. So let me ask you tonight, do you know who your heavenly father is? Do you know how much he loves you? Just don't let this Christmas get by you without the gift of awe. Be amazed this Christmas. And then God has given us, you know, the best gift of all, 
God has given us the indescribably wonderful gift of Jesus Christ. But I just want to say to you this Christmas Eve night that we'd all better just watch out because it would be really easy not to make room in our lives for the Christ of Christmas. It would be really easy to be so anxious and so overwhelmed that we miss the gift of peace. It would be really, really easy to lose the gift of wonder. I've done it before. I've done it. I don't want to do it this year. I don't want to miss these gifts. Let's pray. Lord, how thankful we are for the wonderful gift of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, whose birth we celebrate on that first holy night. Help us to hold these truths and treasure them in our hearts like Mary did. Help us to celebrate and praise you with joy like the shepherds did. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to say a couple words as we start into our, um, our communion service. And I always like to remind people of this, and I forgot to do it at the 4 o'clock service. But everyone who is present is welcome to receive Holy Communion with us. You don't have to be a member of this church or any church. We have open communion. This is Christ's table, and everyone's welcome at Christ's table. Everyone with a hungry heart is welcome. And I will just give you some instructions about how we will receive uh, communion tonight because it's just a little bit different from how we uh, have done it before. And uh, we there's a certain way that we have this flow. We have a... We have a Methodists are methodical, y'all. We have a method, right, uh, for, for doing this. We will have stations down here, groups of people, and uh, what we'll do is the ones on the sides, uh, you all will come first, come around on the, the outside wall. The diagonal aisles are the exit aisles, so you'll come in this way, you'll exit out that way. Once the sides have been served, We'll start from the back. The ushers will tell the, the center two aisles to come forward. You all will come forward down the center aisle, and then you'll use the diagonal aisles to exit. Okay? You'll be given two cups. One will have a communion wafer in there, and the other will be a cup of juice. Once you get done with your cups, you can put them on the altar rail and leave them there, along with your communion offering if you are... Uh, led to do that and then return to your seat that way just one more thing I hope that everyone received a candle coming in because we're going to use that I'll tell you more about that when we sing our closing hymn silent night let's prepare our hearts now for holy communion you can follow along in our bulletin Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. blessed it and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he said take and eat this is my body which is broken for you and likewise after supper he took the, the cup he gave thanks to the father and he said drink from this all of you this is the blood of the new covenant which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins drink this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me Let us pray. Gracious God, our Heavenly Father, in remembrance of what you have done for us in giving your only Son for us, who gave his body which was broken for us, his blood which was shed for us, we give you thanks. As we come to the table tonight, Lord, we don't come because we are worthy and because we've earned it. We come because you've invited us. Because of your great love and your mercy, we come knowing how we need your grace, Lord, and how much you love us and you offer it to us every single time. Lord, we pray that you would pour your spirit out on those of us who are gathered here out of love for you. Pour your spirit out also, Lord, on these gifts of bread and wine. May they be the body and blood of Christ for us, even as we are the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. Tonight, Lord, make us one with each other and make us one with you. And as we leave, make us one in service to all the world. Until you come again, Lord, and we feast at your heavenly banquet, we feast at this earthly banquet, and we say, thank you, Lord. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I want to invite our, our servers, if you will come forward now. Now, won't you come to the Lord's table as the ushers direct you?
You'll find on the back of your bulletin the words to uh, Silent Night. And make sure you have your, your, your candle ready. And just a minute, uh, Pastor Andy and I are going to light our candles and our, our acolytes are going to light our candles and we will come down the aisles and we'll light the candles for the, for the in person. And here's, here's how we do it. If, let's say Pan, Pastor Can, uh, Andy's candle is, is lit. If, if the person you're, you're lighting, if you'll come in from the side and light like that instead of turning your lit candle to, to then we'll save, we'll save the wax dripping as much as we can and, and someone getting burned. So remember, if, if your candle is lit, hold it upright. If somebody's coming in to light, they come in from the side. And then we're going to sing together. And then uh, the last verse of Silent Night, we're going to carry our lights out the front door. There are some, some metal um, tubs out there for you to put your, your candles in once you get out and you blow, blow your candle out. But we're going to symbolically take our light into the world to shine this Christmas Eve night. I absolutely love this part of the service. Um, if uh, JT, you got your camera on you up there on your phone. Will you take, when we get our candles lit, will you take a picture from the, the choir loft? Because this is going to be a sight. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. Will you stand together uh, as we sing our silent night? <laughs> 